Hey, Michael. I want to talk about another change at McKinsey, which is a very subtle change, which I'm, I noticed, but to me it was kind of jarring when I saw it. Hmm. And I'm surprised it's even, and this has already happened. The fact that I'm picking it up now is a, is a big thing for me, right? Hmm. So we have a lot of clients, firm consulting has trained over 700 people, right? Mm-hmm. That has joined McKinsey, BCGMB. And that's a lot of alumni we have. Mm-hmm. And I would say that I keep in touch with about 80% of them. Okay. Now, like any organization, I'm sure you have the 20% don't like me, maybe. Maybe scared to write to me because I'll tell them they're misbehaving or something. I don't know, right? Some <laughs> people are actually afraid to write to me because they're afraid I will call out bad behavior, right? Right. Um, like the one McKinsey consultant who sent me a document. I said, what the hell are you doing sending me the copyrighted document? Never mm-hmm. do that again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she sent me a PDF of a book. But I didn't buy it, so I'm not going to read it, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, they do, however, ask me to read their performance reviews. Because mm-hmm. they want to know what to do, how they handle it, right? Okay. And we have a confidentiality agreement which you know protects them and protects us. So we can't disclose anything there. But I've noticed something very interesting in, in recent performance reviews. Now, the one thing I've always liked about McKinsey is that they write, you know, when you read a McKinsey document, well, just the original ones, right? It's very, it really makes you proud to be an, a, a, a capitalist. Because mm-hmm. it really puts, it really puts the value system for, I mean, at least Marvin Bauer's initial writings, right? Yeah. And when Bull was there and so on. And even when Kevin was there. I mean, Kevin was a very good partner. I mean, great values, good guy. Um, he, was, he was a very good partner, right? I think the firm is worse off without him, to be honest. Um, but the point is that when you read the, the material, you, you, you know, I always tell people that whenever you design anything in the world, you design it to evoke a feeling in someone, right? Mm-hmm. When you design a car, no one cares about the gadgets. You ask yourself, what, do the, what does the customer feel when they look at this car? Yes. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. If you have to justify it after there's a bad feeling, you failed. Mm-hmm. There must be this emotional attachment it's like when you listen to songs from your youth, right? Mm-hmm. Do you notice you feel differently? Yeah, yeah. You feel nice because any, because at that time, everything was possible. Now, you're still young. Everything is still possible for you. But at that particular time, everything truly was possible. Mm-hmm. First kiss. Everything was possible, right? Yeah, the world, you didn't, the world was wide open. And you have an emotional attachment to that song. Mm-hmm. You, when, you, when, you, when you smell certain foods from your youth... You don't really care about the food so much as what you were doing when you ate that food. Mm-hmm. And when you smell that food, you, it brings back all those memories. There's an emotional attachment. Yes, yes. And I always tell people good design is about the feeling you want to evoke, period. Mm-hmm. Everything else hmm. is secondary. Hmm. Right? Functionality is, people talk about functionality, that is absolute garbage. Have you ever tried the first iPhone? It was terrible. <laughs> yep. On a functional basis. Mm-hmm. Because people buy an emotional connection. Mm-hmm. Well, look when, what happened to the iPhone. I mean, yeah, yeah exactly. Come on, the iPhone took up. It destroyed the Zoom. It decimated everyone. Remember the iPad came up and they were making jokes about tampons? Mm-hmm. Yeah, are they making any jokes about tampons now? No, no. No. They are not making jokes about tampons. It doesn't matter what the market... You know, elitists always think they know everything. Oh, I studied marketing at the Harvard Business Review. Therefore, I can tell Steve Jobs how to name his products. What the hell do they know, right? <laughs> so anyway, when you read a McKinsey document, it evokes a certain style. I mean, certain firms, they write in a certain way. You can see the initial thinking of the original founding partners, right? 
Mm-hmm. If you ever get a document from Kravath, the law firm, you should read it. Hmm. If you ever get a document from Kravath, they're probably going to sue you because you shouldn't get a document from Kravath. So don't tell anyone about it. But if you do get it, it's quite impressive to read their value system. It's, I mean, go to their website. It's really unbelievable how they write about things. I can tell you right now that Firms Consulting borrows a lot of our thinking from Kravath. Hmm. They are that highly regarded in the, in the professional services industry. I can tell you right now, McKinsey borrows a lot of their thinking from Kravath. Hmm. Interesting. Right? It wasn't just dreamt up by Marvin Bauer, right? He got it from somewhere. But there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's the highest form of praise. We are boring a philosophy. Mm-hmm. Why reinvent the wheel, right? But right. Now, now, let me just talk you through what is the notice, the change I've noticed. I've noticed when I'm reading performance reviews. Now, McKinsey Performance Review is a very carefully worded document in spin, right? Mm-hmm. I always think of Margaret Thatcher when I read a McKinsey Performance Review. It's an iron fist in a velvet glove. Mm-hmm. They will spend 90% of the document telling you what an amazing human you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm surprised they don't ask you to send a note to your parents thanking them for producing such a wonderful <laughs> offspring, right? But they'll tell you what a great job you've done, how you've thrilled the client, blah, 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 right? Now, people who don't understand consulting, which is like 90% of people who join, they read this and they think, oh my God, I'm doing such a good job. There's only 10% negative stuff here. And the negative stuff is not even that negative. It's just written as a a side comment. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing you have to understand. If it's written down and you can identify the weakness, it's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how much ink they dedicate to it. If it can be isolated, mm -hmm. it is bad, very bad. Right. Hmm. It is very important you understand this about consulting. So, that, so then a thing that will look just like a oh by the, like an oh by the way comment is bad. Is actually very significant. Very significant. People, you know, people get managed out. That's the thing that gets them. Mm-hmm. They don't understand how to read things. The other thing they don't understand is that uh, McKinsey is very careful and BCG and so on because they understand how many times they get sued, right? And they haven't done anything wrong. I mean, some people have launched so- lawsuits that make no sense. Most of them make no sense. Right. But when you get fee- verbal feedback from McKinsey, they always tell you all these. Great things, right? Mm-hmm. But you notice when they commit it to writing, they will always mention the negative thing, even if it just makes up one-tenth of the space. Right, right. So when you get verbal feedback from McKinsey and you're doing a project, it means nothing, honestly. What matters is what they commit to writing because that becomes a paper trail for oh, that, future lawsuits. Yes, yes. So whenever I'm talking to clients, I always ask them, forget about what they told you. What did they put into writing? Mm-hmm. And if they said, oh, Michael didn't put anything to writing, then I said, you don't actually know how you are doing. Mm-hmm. Until it's put onto writing, no one's actually thinking about this very carefully. So you have to get it in writing for me, and then we got to evaluate what the firm really thinks about you. Mm-hmm. And then they get it back and say, oh, Michael, this was all mostly promising. It's just one negative thing. I said, okay, was a negative thing vague or was it specific? If the negative thing was vague, it's not so bad. If the negative thing was specific, even if it took up very little space, it is bad. They could pinpoint a weakness. Right? Mm-hmm. But now, you know, like a, you know, like an artistic movie, I'm taking a long time to get to the point of this podcast. I apologize. I was watching foreign movies recently, right? I've been inspired by them. So what has <laughs> been, what is the point of this podcast? The point of the podcast, I've noticed McKinsey has started using one word recently in their performance reviews. What do you think that word that jarred me so much was? And they've used it twice in one performance review. Which a performance review is basically one page document, right? Mm-hmm. It's not that big. They've used the word, in one performance review, I saw them use it three times. 
What I'm is that? Really... Why? It's a three-letter word. It's not a four-letter word. Don't worry, Tom. <laughs> it's a three-letter word. A three-letter word. There's I'll give you a ver- clue. It's it has a O in it. It has an N in it. Let's see. One now. Does is the O in the middle? Is the N the in the middle? O is in the middle. Um. Come well, on, Tom. You you are you non, are you're, non, letting, non. you're letting down your English teacher here. They use the word one. We one, won one, this project. So one, okay, one like as in a battle. Yeah, we won. I've actually seen actual wording. We were very impressed with the way you helped, well, win a one, you know, depending on the tense. We're very impressed how you help us win this client against Spain. Oh, so, okay, now in that context, that actually makes me a little bit worried as well because, because of what that implies about how they're thinking about it. Oh, to me, whenever I mean, like it's very negative. Right? People may not see this, and that's okay. If you don't understand it, that's fine, right? You know, there are very subtle things that define a culture of a firm. You know, in, in the back of my head, I'm thinking of this Conan movie I watched with Dwayne Johnson. You know Dwayne Johnson? Not by name. I'm so bad. Dwayne with Johnson is the Rock, right? From WWF. Oh, oh got it. Okay, yeah, I, can I love the it. guy. He's so funny. I just look at Dwayne Johnson. I want to <laughs> laugh, right? Because he's really a guy that big making jokes. Yes, yes. It's really hilarious. I mean, I like the guy. He's a really funny actor. Right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, whenever I think of the word one, I'm thinking of the you know Conan and these warriors going to battle. They defeat the warriors and they won the women. They put them over their backs and they take them to have their way with them. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of connotation you have. It is very negative to say you win anything. It's extremely negative. And it's extremely unprofessional, it seems. Very, very unprofessional. Because people will say, oh, it's nothing. It's just a small thing. Well, we found a small thing with the exit policy changing, right? Right. We found another small thing with the language changing. Which is, that's the crack in the windshield. Or even worse, the crack in the dam, right? Like, exactly. It, it's a cr- I mean, how many Dutch children are you going to ask to stick their fingers into this dam? Right? You don't have that many children. <laughs> Right? I mean, children will emigrate, they'll go south, they'll, they'll go to Greece or something like that, right? They'll try to escape slave labor. <laughs> the point is this is very negative. It's negative to me because it's happening in different offices. That means it is now permeated. It's like, it's like a virus. Or like the, the cancer that's metastasized. Yeah, good choice of words that time. I'm impressed. <laughs> so you're right. It, it's 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 attacked your lymph nodes. It's everywhere, and people think it's not a big thing. And I was actually shocked. I'm really asking this guy, "Do you notice what's wrong with this?" He said no. And I said, "The word one appears three times here." Mm-hmm. First thing. Second thing. Wh- and I mean, I should create a separate podcast on this. But why in the world would you name a competitor? Mm-hmm. We don't name competitors ever, ever, right? That. Yeah, that's just a little bit baffling. Why do we validate them? They don't exist. Mm-hmm. They're annoying little nuisances. They're like a mosquito in Mozambique. You know, you want to go to Mozambique because it's beautiful. You can eat lobster and shrimp really cheaply, but then it comes with a mosquito. <laughs> and you don't want to name them. So the choice of the word one has extremely negative connotations, like you're taking ownership of a client. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a famous um, uh, watch brand in France. Uh, which I love. Um, I, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher the pronunciation. I think it's called Audemars Piquet. Okay. 
they have this famous advertising slogan which says that you never really own this watch. You simply preserve it for the next generation. It has a father and a son walking together. Mm-hmm. When you start talking about winning and ownership, you start, you start letting partners see that they own things. You, you, you carve out turf and territory. Mm-hmm. You start bringing up military terminology. Mm-hmm. It's not the way you want to think about a client. That makes sense. That you don't win a client. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If if you won the client, you are doing battle with them. That how can you serve them correctly if you're fighting them? They don't want to be seen as prizes to be won in battle, right? Right, right. So now people think it's a small thing, but remember they weren't doing this before, and now they're talking about one. What is the thing next they're going to do? What is the logical evolution of a firm's culture? When they start talking about winning clients, what happens next? Mm-hmm. And people say, "But it's a small thing; it may not happen." But this changed. Why wouldn't the next thing happen? And that's that's people discounting. Like you, a small change is the visible change. There is the invisible change behind it. Again, it's like that the tip of the iceberg or something. Where you know, okay, maybe there's nothing behind this, but maybe it's actually a subtle but deep shift in a firm's culture. And that's yeah. You know, whenever it. I think about this, I also think of um, Chris again, right? Um, I've seen the way she interacts with people in the firm. If someone says something, should I say this is factually incorrect? We cannot say it. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a small thing, we just can't say it. Even if no one's ever going to find out it's not true, we can't be a firm that misleads. Mm-hmm. And that to me is good. You never cross that boundary. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I always tell people once you cross the boundary once, it's kind of easy to cross it again. Yeah. And then you cross it again, then the boundary disappears, it moves away, and then you find another. It's like, when you drink alcohol, first it's half a glass, then it's one glass, then it's three glasses that have the same effect. Then it's hard liquor, then it's cocaine. <laughs> then, you to, you know, then you find yourself in Tijuana without a passport. <laughs> anyway, where's the line here, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you have to, to enjoy life, you have to, my, this is my view, not have everything. Because mm-hmm. then it's joyous when you get it. Mm-hmm. It's like a big prize. But if you get everything you want in life, you don't really enjoy it, right? <laughs> Same thing here. It's a very simple philosophy. The word one has negative connotations. Now, a lot of people work and other consulting firms will not see it that way. That's fine. And that is why we call you other consulting firms, right? We don't give you a name. Right. Don't use terminology like, you know, acting in Conan the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why he was called Conan the Barbarian. Right, the barbarian, not the He was a barbarian. He was Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> we like him, but he was still a barbarian, right? <laughs> there's, why, there's a reason he's the barbarian, right? He won things and stole the woman and food, right? Yeah. You can't do that anymore, right? Mm-hmm. And you can't even use imagery like that anymore. Mm-hmm. That's just the problem I have. If it's wrong, don't use the imagery. Mm-hmm. Right? People say, it's just, you know, it's just a, a language. It, doesn't mean, it means a lot. The language well, you choose determines the organization you are. The language you choose determines the organization. And go, to go back to what you were saying before, the language you choose changes the feeling that gets evoked both in your employees, in this case, like from a consultant who's getting feedback, but that language will spread out and then it'll become the language that you're using with your clients and it will evoke a different feeling there too. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a new, I'm not sure if it's new, but there's a school of linguistic studies where they analyze languages like a virus. Mm-hmm. And they say certain languages, based on the words you choose, can spread like a virus. Mm-hmm. 
And based on the language you choose, it determines behavior. Yes. And they're now studying languages like a virus, which I think is actually brilliant. Mm-hmm. That person should win the MacArthur Fellowship, because to me, that's quite original. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it's a really unique way of studying languages. You know, people always say, ah, oh, linguistics, you're studying a BA. What value will you bring to the world? <laughs> but to me, the way they're studying a language here is actually groundbreaking. It could change the way we look at language. It could change the way we communicate, right? Mm-hmm. Right, so for those people who say religion is a virus or a sermon is a virus, it could be. Right? <laughs> who knows? Right? right, it could very well be. That's not a negative or a bad thing. It, it's structured in a way that you pick it up and you change your behavior. Things you hear on television, things you music, rap songs, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any music. I mean, you know, Taylor Swift. I don't know any of her songs off the top of my head. I think one is called Sweet Sixteen. I don't obviously relate to that. I never had a Sweet Sixteen party. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is, the language matters, and the language is negative. Mm-hmm. You don't win a client. That's it, it's like the same thing in calling it um, calling gaining client work, calling that sales. Exactly, it's it's wrong. It's just, you you notice how careful I'm. I always say we won the right to serve a client. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, no, I didn't say we won. I say that earned. we have earned the right, or we've earned the privilege. Mm-hmm. You, if you listen carefully and you read what I write, I always write that. I remember that from some very early podcasts about it's earning a privilege. And it's a, it's a very important distinction because I want people in the firm to understand that we don't have any rights. Mm-hmm. The, the day we think we have a right to do anything is the day we become hubris. Mm-hmm. The day we settle and the day we don't give our best. Mm-hmm. Consulting is a very brutal industry because you're only as good as your last interaction with a client. Mm-hmm. I got that from the movie Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Remember that movie? No, it, it's not even. Tom, I'm at all. flying to Rhode Island. We're going to take a whole weekend. <laughs> we're going to listen to pop for one day. And we're going to watch like the best '80s movies for the next day, right? I'll have to look up a list of the top ten or top fifteen '80s movies. Yeah, you got to watch them, right? Okay, but anyway, so so you got to be very careful here because it determines everything you do. Mm-hmm. The language mm-hmm. you choose. You know, the part that I actually am most scared about is when consultants start speaking this way. Mm-hmm. We've won the client. Imagine you go for dinner with a client and you say, you know, thank you for allowing us to win this bid. Oh, my God. Yeah. When I was a partner, you can get fired for that. Yeah, talking about the feel, that, that feeling that gets evoked. Like you, you, oh, my God. You can't talk about those things. Yeah, and you don't want to talk about it in front of clients. That means you don't want to talk about it yeah. when you're in the office. And just so I'm clear, I've heard people saying, well, we have to talk about these things because millennials want to talk about it. That is absolute nonsense. Just so we're clear, millennials have been around for the last, since the history of mankind. <laughs> you know, the only time we've never had millennials when, was when Adam and Eve didn't have children. Because <laughs> as soon as they started having children, there's always been millennials. There's always been 20 year olds to 35 year olds in the history of mankind. I mean, when marketers talk about millennials, they, they act like they just cropped out of the rocks. <laughs> There have been millennials in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Right? They've always been around. We've never had young people before. It's yeah, a new thing. What is this? We've never <laughs> had young What nonsense is that? We've always had young people, and every young generation sees the world differently. It always irritates me when I read newspapers and older people say, well, you know, this generation, they don't understand things. Every older generation has said that. Mm-hmm. And the world has always been better off. Yes. Always be, the world has never gotten worse, right? Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, there's some blips and dips, but it's always gotten better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So to me, 
it's not about the younger generation being different. It's about the, the fear of passing power to them. Hmm. That's what it is. We're afraid to pass power to them. Well, me personally, I'm not afraid to pass power to anyone, right? As long as they pay taxes and the roads are not cracked, I'm okay right. with it, right? Right. <laughs> so when people say, well, we've got to use this language, it's not true. Because if anything, I think today's younger people are even more conscious about not passing judgment. They are mm-hmm. more conscious about accepting everyone, about not pe- making people feel bad. I think the younger generation is actually better these days. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what I can see, right? I mean, obviously, there's some bad eggs in there. That's normal. But overall, the themes that I see being picked up are you know, promising themes. So when you say we have to speak this way because the younger generation wants this, that's absolute nonsense. Mm-hmm. No younger generation wants that. Because mm-hmm. all, we've always had younger generations. Right. And there's nothing different about them. Every younger generation wants freedom. They want to get drunk at an early age, and they don't want their parents to meddle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I very mean, basic. I watched Back to the Future. He was the same, right? The 60s <laughs> yes. were the same. The 70s was the same. The 80s was the same. The 90s was the same. This generation is the same. There's no difference. It's how it always is. I mean, now they have, they have iPhones and Pokemon, but it's always been the same. Yeah, I mean, every generation has its own girls. You know the show Girls? Mm-hmm. It was, it's girls now, then it was Sex in the City. Yep. Then before that, it was probably the Mary Tyler Moore show about a lady going to some city to make a stamp in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Every generation has their breakout show that depicts them changing the world. So the language has nothing to do with millennials because I think people are going to think that. Just, millennials are pretty smart. They're not stupid. Mm-hmm. They're young leaders, not young idiots, right? There's a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Don't use the language. It's a mm-hmm. small thing, but all these small things add up. Small things are add up, and small things signify bigger things that you can't see. Exactly. It's like a 3D picture. Mm-hmm. All those little dots eventually form a picture. Yes. And it ain't going to be pretty. Exactly. Okay, let's wrap up then one there, right? Okay.